Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Matthew chapter 10. And since delivering what we have deemed the Sermon on the Mount, if you will, Jesus has worked a lot of miracles, including casting out demons out of those two men from uh, uh, that were at Gadarene, that were living in the tombs. They were calling him, if you remember, the, the Son of God. Uh, he has healed a leper. He's healed a centurion servant who was paralyzed. And at the point of death, he's healed Peter's mother-in-law from a fever. And then... Many people come to Peter's house because they find out that Jesus is staying there and he heals all of the sick that came to him. He casts out all the people who had demons. Uh, and we don't know what the number is, but there was a, a lot of people that would come to Jesus for healings. And the disciples are seeing all this, right? They they see Jesus calm the storm and, 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 and it just amazes his disciples. They're like, who is this dude that, that, that even the winds and the waves, nature obeys him, right? And so they're freaking out over it. He, he heals the paralytic that was lowered down through the roof of a house that he was teaching at. And then also in Matthew chapter 9, we have Jesus healing a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. And then to top it all off, the icing on the cake, if you will, he gets to Jairus' house and there his daughter lays dead. The, Jesus says she's asleep. The people laugh him to scorn. Jesus sends him out of the house, takes in Peter, James, and John, Jairus, and his wife into the room and tells the, the dead girl to get up. And immediately, in the blink of an eye, she got up. She raised up from the dead and was walking around the house. Um, and then he's followed by two blind men whom he heals, and he casts out a demon out of a guy that wasn't able to speak. When Jesus cast the demon out, he was able to speak. All of these miracles, and there, there's tons more that Matthew uh, talks about, even in the other Gospels. John writes at the end of his Gospel that if we were to write everything that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books in the world that would be able to contain all the stuff that Jesus did. And so these miracles, they were done on purpose. They had a purpose behind them. Um, and we're going to talk about that because remember, John the baptizer was out in the wilderness. He's preaching to people that the kingdom of God is near, right? And so John sees Jesus coming to him one day and he yells out to everyone. He says, he sees Jesus and he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus says, hey, John, I need you to baptize me. And John's like, dude, what? I need to be baptizing. Uh, you need to be baptizing me. You want me to baptize you? And he says, yes, it's, the, it's basically to fulfill our righteousness, but it's basically to kick off my ministry. And so uh, John baptizes Jesus in the Jordan River, and the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove and, and, and lights on his shoulder, and it signified to John that Jesus is the one. He is the Messiah. And when God's voice then comes down out of heaven, at the same time, he affirms that Jesus is his son, that he is the son of God, just like those demons 
had had has said that Jesus was that he is the son of God. And we have to re- to remember that up until this point God has been silent for around 400 years. And now after a 400 year silence uh, a period of silence all of a sudden, we got angels popping in on the scene. He's appearing. Angels are, are appearing to to Mary and Joseph and Zachariah and uh, which is John's dad, John's mom Elizabeth. Uh, we got angels talking to shepherds. We got angels appearing in the heavens, singing songs uh, at the birth of Jesus. You got angels appearing to Mary and Joseph and. And then you got Magi who were following a special star. You got Herod who was a uh, king at the time. He's freaking out because he heard there's a new king that is born in Bethlehem. And so he murders all the, the male children that are two years old and under in that region. Uh, so much stuff is going on after this 400-year period of silence. And then it's kind of like everything's calm again. And for 30 years until Jesus goes to John the baptizer and says, Hey, baptize me, dude. At the age of 30, we know that, uh, now I think it's Luke that brings out the fact that Jesus is 30 years old when John baptizes Jesus. And so this kicks off Jesus' ministry. And from that point on, Jesus goes around telling people about the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God has come. It is. It begins with Jesus and his ministry. It was near, but now it is here. And so Jesus is going around and he's telling people that the kingdom of God is is here. It has come, and he is he is showing them that what he is saying is true and that he means business because he works the miracles and he cast out demons to prove. What he is saying is true. It's to back up everything that he is is speaking about, that he is saying, that he is from God, that the kingdom of God is, has come, that the Messiah that they've been looking for for hundreds of years that the prophets have been prophesying about, over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that come from the prophets, Jesus says, I'm here. Just like when he un- unrolls that scroll in the book of Luke, in, in the synagogue that day, and he reads that passage from Isaiah, and he tells the people, he says, Today, this prophecy is fulfilled before your very eyes. And, and to prove it, I'm going to work some miracles. So these miracles that Jesus was doing, they had a purpose, and it was to back up the, the, the message that he was proclaiming. That the Son of God is here. That the Messiah is here. That the Son of Man is here. The Redeemer is here. I have come to be your deliverer, to wash away your sins. And so Jesus has handpicked 12 disciples. And in Matthew chapter 10, which is what we're covering today, we're given their names. Simon, which is also called Peter. Andrew, Peter's brother. James, the son of Zebedee. John, James's brother. Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, who was a tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, uh, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who would later betray him. These are the 12 men that's going to spend the next three years learning from Jesus, listening to Jesus' teachings, and seeing the miracles that Jesus is working, or that the Father is working through Jesus. 
and they were constantly having their minds blown. I mean, if you could just if you could just imagine seeing the things that you know th- this stuff has never been done before, and and now it's just done on a regular basis everywhere that Jesus goes. Crowds are gathering, and they're they're needing this, and they're wanting that, and they're needing this demon cast out, and, and Jesus takes care of every single one of them, including raising a girl from the dead, a twelve-year-old girl from the dead and he's calmed the winds and the way and it just it's mind-blowing to these guys just like it would be to us if we had that opportunity to walk around with jesus on a daily basis and see all this stuff and to hear his teachings so they're constantly having their mind blown and then it's 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 nothing they've ever seen before nothing like this has ever happened nor has it happened since jesus went back to heaven over 2,000 years ago. And so these 12 men, minus Judas plus Matthias, they would be taking over for Jesus and building the kingdom of God after he ascends back to heaven at the end of Luke and at the beginning of Acts, Acts chapter 1. But at the end of Matthew chapter 9, along with the the first part of chapter 10, we see this beginning to take place, that the, the, the disciples are going to be taking over for Jesus. In Acts chapter 9, 35 through 38, it says, Matthew says, uh, or Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages uh, of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illnesses. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And and, and the first thing I want to point out is this. Be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you ask God for. Because it might just happen. I mean, seriously, you think about it. Jesus says the harvest is ready. The the harvest is great. It's it's plentiful. It's ready to be picked. And he says there's tons of opportunities, but I can't do it on my own. I need help reaching people. I need help gathering this harvest. I need workers. And so he's he's looking at his 12 disciples that he went around handpicked. And he says, hey, guess what? You know what's going to happen? You guys are going to start to work with me from now on. Because you know, you know, there had to be conversations amongst these 12 men saying, I would love to be able to teach like this. I would love to do these miracles. I would love to bring hope to these people. But, you know, all I'm doing is just following this man around and, and, and seeing what he's doing. I would love to be able to, because we say that all the time. If I had the money, I would do this. If, if I had this talent, I would do this. To, I would do this for God. I would do this for this person. I would do, we say stuff like that all the time. And, and I remember seeing a, a, a sign one time, a church sign that said, the road to hell is paid with good intentions. See, we intend to do something, but we don't do it. Well, we need to get to doing it because there's plenty of work to be done. And God will take what talents we have. And all it is is, what are you good at? What, what, you, what, what is your hobbies? What do you love to do? Take what your hobbies are, take what you love to do, and turn it into a ministry. 
teach somebody else how to do it or find somebody some some way to work Jesus into that equation and to bless other people with what you do it's really that simple but we say stuff like this all the time if if I had this opportunity I would do this well you know what go make the opportunity Go create the opportunity because Jesus said the opportunities are there. I just can't get nobody to go work for me. We, He said, I need workers. And he's looking at his 12 men. He says, you know what, guys? It's time for you to get to work. It's time for you to work with me. And from now on, we're going to do this thing together. Now, in the past, uh, let's see, I think it was the second book I covered. So I think I, I covered John the first in the first set of podcasts, and I think I covered Acts the second in the second part of the uh, podcast. But you can go back in the in the in the in the history of the uh, the Grounded podcast, and and you can listen to uh, where I covered the book of Acts, and it, and I broke it down. It, it's it's quite a long series, but it'd be well worth your time, I promise you. Um, but uh, the book of Acts is called the Acts of the Apostles, but it should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit was working through these 12 men to build the kingdom of God. If you think about it, before Acts 2, before the Holy Spirit falls from heaven on these on these men, they're speaking in tongues, they were just ordinary dudes. And they had been without hope because Jesus had died on the cross and for three days he's gone. And they're thinking it was the end of the world. But no, Jesus starts appearing to them and so they get hope and now they're all excited and then 40 days later, he ascends into heaven, and he's, you know, he's telling them as, as he's leaving, he says, wait for the promise of my Father. And then the Holy Spirit falls in Acts chapter 2, 10 days later after his ascension, as, after he ascends back to the throne and sits at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit falls them in Acts chapter 2, and it was a game changer for them and for us because their work is still ongoing. That's why we have the Gospels today. That's why we have the Word of God today. That's why we have this message of hope. It's because of these 12 men and the work that the Holy Spirit did through them. They got to work. Jesus said, I need you to help me. The harvest is plentiful. Let's get to work. And that's exactly what they did. And the words they left behind for us are still working today in 2022. But these men, these 12 men, they were just like Jesus after the Holy Spirit come upon them in Acts chapter 2 because God was living inside of them by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and here's another point. We have the same Holy Spirit that they have. God living inside of us. We have the same exact Holy Spirit living inside of us that the same Holy Spirit that dwelt inside the apostles in Acts chapter 2 and the whole book of Acts and in the letters that they wrote it's the same holy spirit but these 12 men they were just like jesus that they preached the message of the kingdom of god they preached the gospel the death the burial and the resurrection of jesus and they worked miracles and they cast out demons to prove that their message is the real deal. And you're like, well, Randy, why can't we do that today? I'm not saying that God can't work miracles. God can do anything he wants to. God does work miracles. I'm not going to put God in a box, but but you know what? They, they didn't have this. We have the Word of God. We have everything we need right here in this book. They didn't have this. They, they were starting off fresh. They were starting from scratch. They were, they were building something new. And so God used those 12 men in a mighty and a powerful way. And now that we, we have this, we have all that we need. So it's called faith. 
And it's called putting our trust in God. And it's called, how, how can we put our trust in God? It's about reading His Word that He has left behind for us. Because those 12 men are gone. And when those 12 men left, the this is a long study, but I'm not, I'm not going to get into it today. Uh, maybe in some other podcast. But in a nutshell, here, here's how it worked. Jesus was here. He had the 12 apostles. They were filled with the Holy Spirit of God in Acts chapter 2. The apostles, the original 12 apostles, were able to pass down the, the power of the Holy Spirit to other people. They would lay their hands on people and they would pass that Holy Spirit, the power, that miracle working power, onto people. Like Philip, for instance, when he would go into Samaria, Philip could work miracles to back up the message, but Philip could not pass on the power of the Holy Spirit. He could pass on the Holy Spirit. Because when you when you're baptized into Christ, you were given the Holy Spirit. But but the, it went from Jesus to the apostles. The apostles laid hands on people. They they could work miracles. But after that, after the apostles died off, and all twelve of them died, eleven of them died. Uh, um, they, you can read about their deaths in the uh, Book of Martyrs. Uh, I think John was bold, but he never died, and he was put on a uh, the Isle of Patmos to die. Um, but once those twelve men died that power died with them and so now we have the word of god we have everything we need we don't need miracles we don't need necessarily new prophecies we have everything that we need in the word of god but anyway these these 12 men they were just like jesus in that they preached the message of the kingdom just like jesus they preached the gospel that's the death burial and resurrection of jesus they were working miracles to back up their message of the kingdom of god they're casting out demons to prove that their message of the death, burial, and the resurrection, that Jesus is alive. They're doing all this stuff to prove that the message is real. And, and that was the purpose of Jesus being able to work miracles because he was proving to people that what he was proclaiming is the truth, the Father working through him, Jesus working through those disciples to build the kingdom of God. And then in Matthew chapter 10, well, back up to the end of Jesus, at the end of chapter 9, Jesus is saying, look, I need help. We're going to build this kingdom together. In fact, you're going to be taken over from me when I leave. And so in chapter 10, he has a, a discussion with his hand-picked disciples, and he basically tells them, he's saying, men, it's time to take the training wheels off the bike and start pedaling. And, he, and, and so what I want to do is just simply read Matthew chapter 10 with a little bit of commentary, and then we'll end the podcast uh, uh, with just a, a, a few things uh, to talk about. Um, but in Matthew chapter 10, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them the authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. And here are the names of the 12 apostles. Simon, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, Simon, Judas Iscariot. So even Judas, the one who betrays Jesus, he had the power to cast out demons. He had the power to heal people. And he had the power to go out and proclaim the kingdom of God is here. And here's proof of it. Uh, and so Jesus sends out these 12 apostles with these instructions. And so this is Jesus having a conversation with these 12 men. And you know, that you could just see the excitement on their face that they're going to be able to do these miracles that Jesus has been able to do. Now they're going to be able to take part of it and, and get to see the excitement. On, I mean, can you imagine like when you have, 
your kids at Christmas and you give them their Christmas present and something they've wanted for a long time and they just the excitement of them opening up their gift because they don't know what it is but then when they see what it is and 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 it's something they've wanted for a long time and the joy it just brings them and the the big huge smile that's on their face can you imagine being these disciples and, and, and watching Jesus who is interacting with people who have never walked, who have never been able to hear, who have never been able to speak, who've, who've had these demons torturing their lives, who have in, in, in just in a, a one word from Jesus or a touch of a hand, the leprosy is gone. Their lives are changed completely. The joy that that had to have been that that Jesus brought to these people's lives. Now you are going to be a part of that. You're going to be able to do the same thing. You're going to be able to take this message of hope that the kingdom of God is here. And you're going to be able to lay your hands on somebody. And you're going to be able to cast out that demon. You're going to be able to heal that sick person. You're going to be able to raise that person from the dead. I mean, that would just would be so awesome. And so Jesus, he's, he sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. And, and that's another podcast in itself. We won't get into that. Uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Don't take any money in your belts, no gold, silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. Whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. And when you enter the home, give it your blessing. And if it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand If it is not, take back the blessing. If any household or town refuses to welcome you or to listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet as you leave. I'll tell you the truth. The wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off than such a town on Judgment Day. And we know what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah. That's when, uh, because of the homosexuality and uh, the um, the uh, an- the angels had come into town to rescue Lot and his family. And the men of the city saw the angels and they were wanting to have sex with the angels. And, and, and Lot was offering his virgin daughters instead, which is it's sick that he would even have to do that. Uh, because he's trying to protect these these angels who the people thought they were strangers in town and they were so sick-minded and sinful-minded that they were wanting to have sex with these angels and uh, uh, God rains down uh, hellfire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah and basically wipes it off the face of the earth and Jesus is saying, hey, if you go into a village or town and you're preaching this message of the kingdom of God and you're working miracles and they don't believe it, and they don't believe your message, he says it, 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 Sodom and Gomorrah had it better than what that town's going to have it in the day of judgment. Um, let me back up just for a second, and we'll, then we'll continue on. Um, but Jesus tells them, he says, don't take any money in your money belts. Don't take any gold, silver, or copper coins. Don't, don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes. You know, anytime we travel, what do we do? We pack a suitcase. Well, Jesus is saying, hey, don't take anything. Don't take an extra, don't even take a walking stick. You just take off and go. Matter of fact, when we get through this meeting, go, go, go. Go your separate ways. Go into these villages. Go out into the you know, to the these near nearby towns 
and you preach the message of the kingdom. Don't take nothing where you don't take any money. Don't take a, a, a extra change of clothes. Nothing. So what's Jesus telling them to do? He's telling them to trust God. He's telling them to rely on God to take care of your needs. Because he just told them in the Sermon on the Mount that, that God knows when a bird falls to the ground. He knows that the sparrows are, are fed on a daily basis. And he says, you're worth far more than the sparrows are. And, and, and so now he's given the disciples a, an opportunity to discover that for themselves. To, to discover how it is to fully rely and to trust God. That he is Jehovah Jireh. That he will provide everything that they need. And, and how's, how's God going to do that? Because when they go to the strangers' homes, which is what they're going to be doing, they're going to be people's. They're going to people's houses that they don't know, and they're going to be telling them that the kingdom of God is here. And they're going to try to persuade these people by working miracles if they got sick people in their home. And hopefully, these people will invite them into their homes and let, allow them to stay as they're in their village, and they can go out and 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 and, and minister to other people. But if those people reject them, well, Jesus said it's worse for them than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah. But if you find hospitality from those strangers, by all means, don't don't hesitate to accept it because those who work deserve to be fed. And so he says, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Sheep are defenseless. They cannot take care of themselves. They can herd together. It does not matter. Sheep are not fighters. Um, especially against a wolf, they don't have a chance. The wolf's going to win every time and, and have the sheep for a meal. And Jesus is saying, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. You're on your own, buddy. That's why. That's what he's saying. God's going to be with you. But, but you're, you're, you're going out here into a, a, a scary place. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be very difficult. You're a sheep going out amongst a bunch of ravaging wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. But beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. And when you're arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. And when we uh, go to Acts chapter 2, and if you read Acts chapter 2 in the next several verses, well, really through the whole book of Acts, but really in the next, in Acts chapter 2, there are around maybe 12 Acts chapter 12, there's a lot of persecution going on. And you see this very exact uh, prophecy here that Jesus is saying to these guys. Because they are they're preaching in the temple. They're arrested several times. The first time they get a talking to, they go right back to the temple. They're preaching Jesus. They're told not to preach in the name of Jesus anymore. They do it anyway. Next time, they're flogged. And, and they, they continue to go right back to the temple and preaching Jesus and working miracles. They're giving people hope. Next thing you know, Stephen Stone. Next thing you know, James is beheaded. This, you know, James and John, the sons of Zebedee that was mentioned here in Matthew 10, 
James is beheaded. Peter's in prison. He was going to be beheaded next, but the angel comes and rescues Peter. So we see, we see this, and even with Apostle Paul, uh, who was once Saul, he's, he's arrested, and he's brought before all kinds of, of, of rulers, and he's, he's in jail many times. He wrote a lot of his letters from jail. And, and so Jesus is, is speaking a prophecy here to these men. This is what's going to happen to you men. But he doesn't tell them it's going to happen now. He's, he's saying this is going to happen to you later on. This is coming. And, and we see this after Jesus leaves. And so in verse 21 he says, A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child and children. And this still goes on today. And maybe not in the United States, but in, in, in other countries, especially in the in the Muslim uh, in the Muslim where Muslim, uh, the Muslim uh, religion is is huge. Um, if you if you turn to Jesus and you become a Christian, you're converted to Christianity. They'll kill you. They they, they kill their own family members in a heartbeat. You hear about it all the time on the news. But a brother will betray his brother to death. Jesus says a father will betray his own child. A, and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. All nations will hate you because you are my followers. But I want people to like me. I want people to, to, to accept me. I want to be a part of their crowd. No. Jesus says people will hate you because you follow me. It's not that they hate you. It's they hate me. They hate the Jesus that is inside of us. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved and it's all about enduring to the end everyone who endures to the end will be saved because you're going to be going through a lot of hell is what jesus is saying but you can't quit you can't give up you got to keep going you can't stop you have to endure to the end and you'll be saved when you are persecuted in one town flee to the next i tell you the truth the son of man will return before you have reached all the towns of israel and 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 we see this with paul Paul was beaten and, 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 and flogged and with rod, all, all kinds of stuff was going on with Paul. And, and, and he would just go to the next town. And, and as he's preaching Jesus in the next town, here comes the crowd from the, the previous town to, to uh, persecute Paul. But Jesus is telling his 12 disciples, this is what's going to happen in, in the near future. And we see it happening all through the book of Acts. And so he says in verse 24, Students are not greater than their teacher, and slaves are not greater than their master. Students are to be like their teacher, and slaves are to be like their master. And since I, the master of the household, have been called the prince of demons, the members of my household will be called by even worse names. Because you know they, the religious leaders, they, they said Jesus was Beelzebub. He was a, a, a demon, uh, that he was the devil. And he, that's what he's saying. He says, I'm, I'm the master of this household, and I've been called the prince of demons. So the members of my household, they're going to be called even worse names. But don't be afraid of those who threaten you, for the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed. See, it's covered right now. As Jesus is walking on the earth, it's covered. Everything's going to be revealed. That's what Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit falls. It's all revealed. It all makes sense. And all that is secret will be made known to all. And, and it's known to all right here. There, it's no no longer a secret. We got it. everything God wants us to know is right here in this book we call the Word of God, the Bible. Jesus says, 
what I tell you now in the darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the, the housetops for all to hear. And we see this in Acts chapter 2. This is exactly what they do. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body, for they cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. You know, and that's strange that Jesus has to, to tell them that because this is exactly what happens to Jesus. Jesus is the greatest human being that's ever walked this earth. He'd done nothing but good. He did nothing but help people. He did nothing but bring hope to broken people and to broken families. He restored health to people. He raised people from the dead. He never did anything bad. He did nothing but good. And showed compassion and the greatest love that anybody could ever show to, to other human beings. But yet, people hated him and wanted him dead. It's crazy. It makes no sense. And we see it even today in 2022. People hate Jesus. People hate his people. And they want us dead. They, they want him gone. They don't want to hear anything about Jesus. They don't want to hear it. And because they don't want to hear it, persecution comes. And Jesus says, don't, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. And they, they want to kill the disciples, and they do kill the disciples. I just mentioned some of them. They cannot touch your soul, for fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're all, you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Why? Because the sparrows, they can't, they can't preach and proclaim Jesus. They can't tell people that the kingdom of God is near. That's why we have to be careful with animals. You know, we, 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 we put animals way too big on a, of a pedestal. I mean, yes, dogs are great. Yes, cats are okay. I mean, I have three dogs and five cats. And, uh, and they're spoiled rotten, every one of them, but they're not human. And, and we, we try to make animals out to be human, and we see all these groups and, uh, it, it, that, that get carried way overboard uh, with that idea. And I'm not here to knock anybody, but they, they, they can't preach the gospel. They, they can't baptize people. They can't tell people about Jesus. They can, they, they, they can do a lot of things. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. Uh, and animals are important, and, and they help a lot of people, especially with people with anxiety and, and all kinds of, of um, imperities. And, and, and what, what what's the word for that? When people who are like hearing impaired or seeing impaired, uh, they can help with stuff like that. That's why they have animals in nursing homes. And, you know, the dolls, they can go up and the people can pet the animals. It, it brings relief. But... They cannot preach Jesus. They cannot offer people salvation. They cannot tell people the gospel. They cannot baptize people in water so that they can be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're valuable, but they're not as valuable as a human being. Don't be afraid because you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows, Jesus says. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. That's why it's worse for these people who reject their message, who reject the message of Jesus, than it was for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because they're going to be cast away from God for 
eternity, never to have a second chance. And that's what Jesus is saying here. If you acknowledge me publicly here on earth, you accept me as Lord and Savior, hey, I'm going to intercede before you, uh, before my Father on your behalf. You're washing my blood in my blood, you're good to go. You'll enter into heaven. But if you deny me on earth, I'm going to deny you before my Father and you don't have a chance because you're not going to be washed in my blood. You're going to be rejected for eternity. Jesus says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I ha Even though he is called the Prince of Peace. He says, I come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. And we see this all the time. There's people who, in families, who there's a husband who uh, follows Jesus and a wife doesn't. There's the wife who follows Jesus or the husband doesn't. There's families who the husband and wife follow Jesus and their kids do not. And it caused conflict in the home. That's what Jesus is saying here. He, he's saying, I've got to be first no matter what. And that's what he goes on to say. He says, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. And that, that is so opposite of, of what we think because we think we got to be in control. And if we're in control, we're going to have life in our, and we can make our life better. But Jesus says, if you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for me, and you put me first, you make me your Lord and Savior, then you're going to find life. And he tells his disciples, anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me, uh, anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if this is what I like. He says in verse 42, which is the last verse, he says, And if you give a cup, even a cup of cold water, to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. See, there's no excuse for not helping people. There's no excuse for advancing the kingdom of God. There's no excuse for, for uh, getting involved in the work of the church and, and, and telling people about the kingdom of God and telling people the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and giving them hope. Because Jesus says, if we just give a cup of cold water in his name, we will be rewarded. And then I want to throw in, before we, before we end the podcast, I want to throw in Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. Because Jesus didn't waste any time after he finished this discussion with his disciples. He immediately goes to work. Because Matthew 11 1 says, When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his disciples, he went out to teach and preach in the towns throughout the region. And the disciples would disperse and do likewise. And you know, they had to do that with excitement. Because they have the opportunity now not to only watch Jesus, but they can be involved. They can go out and give this message of hope to people and you know nothing has changed very much in 2000 years there's still sinners in the world there are still people who have never heard about jesus believe it or not even in the bible belt where we live in the south there are still people who need hope they need jesus in fact 
It's more magnified in today's time if you think about it because of TV, because of cell phones, because of social media. There are so many avenues that we have to get this message of Jesus out there. But there again, Jesus calls out for help because the workers are still few. Yes, the kingdom of God has grown in over 2,000 years, but so has the world. And I just want to share uh, some information I, I, I got from a, a website called UMC, I think it's United Methodist Church, uh, umcjustice.org. And I just picked this as one of the, the, the first websites that popped up when I googled population of the world and population of Christians. But it says the population of the world was about 300 million at the time of Christ. 300 million people in the whole world when Jesus was walking the earth. Uh, and it's changed, it changed very little in the next thousand years. The population of the world reached 1 billion in 1804, 3 billion in 1960, and rose to about 6.8 billion in 2010. The estimation for 2022 is 8 billion people. When I was in Bible college, that's a lot of people. When I was in Bible college, my professor, one of my professors, he, he gave a statistic, and it's always stuck with me, that said that only 3% of people who profess to be Christians, people who have a, a, a faithful relationship with Jesus, who follow Jesus on a daily basis, only 3% of those people have actually shared Jesus with someone and converted them to Jesus. Now think about that. Only 3% of Christians have converted somebody to Jesus. Only 3% of Christians have shared the message that changed their life. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. They've walked with Jesus for years and years and they've never shared Jesus with another person. And the baptismal tank, those waters or the river or wherever you baptize people have never been stirred because they shared Jesus with somebody and wanted to baptize them into Christ. And now we've got over 8 billion, with a B, people in the world. I'm going to leave you with the words of Jesus that he said to his disciples. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Will you be one of those workers? Will you go out today and share the message of Jesus and bring hope to somebody that you know in your life who does not know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior? Thank you for listening today. Thank you for sharing the Grounded Podcast with your friends, your family, and your co-workers. Because when you share the Grounded Podcast, you're sharing Jesus. You're sharing hope. You're doing exactly what he has asked us to do and that's work work for him and harvest go out and harvest god bless you and keep grinding thank you for listening to the grinded podcast today may god bless you if you have any comments or questions you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com if you would like randy to come and speak at your church or your next event you can contact him through that same email address also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.